welcome to Lore Watch Roundtable, freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of several lore-obsessed people over on Blizzard Watch, and I've got both my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, got Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Hello. It's it's going okay. I'm. Uh, You're doing the I'm, same hello. When I did the hello this time, I'm like, I sound like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a classic for I didn't mean to do it that way. It just came out that way. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm planning new painting projects and I've actually recently opened up small commissions again. So uh Awesome. Doing doing some fun stuff. So you're just painting like miniature figures, that kind of thing? It, it is. Uh, and a uh, fun thing that I'm doing, uh, I was talking with Liz about this before. Uh-huh. There's gonna be some off topics on the site coming from me regarding tabletop games, minis, and stuff like that. Cool. I wonder if you'll get any like any of the critical role figures to paint because that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just like I'm kind of I'm like ooh my 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 like fascinations <laughs> they're crossing here. Anyway, speaking of cross, <laughs> why? <laughs> this is the most awkward introduction <laughs> in a long time. I'm very sorry. Anyway, our other lore expert Matt Rossi. Hey Rossi, how's it going? <laughs> Oh. He, he left. He's gone. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Uh, things just went dead. Oh, okay. So if I wasn't speaking for a long time and you did an intro, I apologize. You'll have I to just did. It. it was really funny. I just did the most awkward intro ever where I accidentally called you cross and then I said it's Matt Rossi and then you dropped out of the channel. Okay, that wasn't me saying <laughs> F this and leaving. That was just my thing messing up. Sorry it if was you thought perfect. I'd thrown a pit. No, it was perfect timing because we were both like, did we just defend Rossi? <laughs> anyway, how are no. you doing, Rossi? <laughs> I am okay. I am um, not cutting any of this conversation. This is the okay. best. So if people want to understand that, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm just sad that I didn't get to do my Mrs. Doubtfire because, uh, you know, I'm going to Hello! But I, I didn't get to. So. Well, hey, there we go. All you know, right. What's really weird is you have to think. I know we're doing a lore show here, but I have to bring this up before we go on. Sure. Mrs. Doubtfire is just Julia Child. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's his impression of Julia Child. Yeah, that's all it is. Because every time I would watch a Julia Child episode, it would always be, hello. And then, you know, you did the thing about the stuff. Now, the, like, accent, just... the accent was different. But the hello, yes, that was yeah, very much was Julia, Julia Child. Child. Yeah. But, okay, now we can talk about Warcraft lore, I guess. Okay, yes. Um, speaking of which, you guys, um, we're doing a weekly show now, which is really great and everything. And you remember how last week we were saying, gosh, we could really use some emails because there's probably not going to be much to talk about until BlizzCon hits. Yeah, that, uh-huh. that, that, that did not happen. Apparently, Ian Hazacostas heard us and said hold my beer or something along those lines because this week we were uh treated to the announcement of the 8.3 PTR and the release of the 8.3 PTR and there's a lot on there so we're going to be talking about the 8.3 PTR this week there are a couple things I want you to keep in mind obviously this is going to be a spoiler laden episode so if you're not interested in hearing about what's on 8.3 and you want to keep it a surprise go ahead and just turn the show off now it's fine we'll be here later if you decide you want to come back and listen to it at a later date you can totally do that or if you know you just want to skip this one that's also fine uh we're not going to hold it against you 
the other thing to note is that obviously this is conversations about stuff that's on the PTR and the stuff that's on the PTR sometimes it makes it to live servers sometimes it does not so keep that in mind as we're talking about all of this information ready good go you got two seconds to skedaddle folks okay let's talk 8.3 because uh wow first off we're going to Nyalatha and mm-hmm. I how long ago did I call this how you long and Joe ago? both called this. Yeah, you guys were both on the oh, yeah. like, like the battle for dropped. when I battle was, yeah, for Azeroth came out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you both. I think you both at one point said that it was going to be the uh, effectively the Argus of this expansion, right? Yep. Um, at, at different times, I am the one who held out for it being something else. Okay. I thought the stuff we got in eight two five would be eight three. Can so I say first? I am up the one before... who was off. Yeah, but it's okay. Can I say, first up, before we jump into the whole story aspect of things, if you have not seen the images from the raid, from the Nihilatha raid, I want you to look at those, and then I want you to look at the illustration of the Black Empire from Chronicle, Mm -hmm. because the raid design team brought that image to life, and it's the most astonishing, beautiful, amazing thing I have ever seen. Um... Yeah, and I'm looking forward to going there. So, obviously, what's going on here is, you know, it's fallout from the end of the current raid. And, Joe, do you want to give us a summary of what happens at the end of the raid? Sure. So, when you, uh, when you finally defeat... This is defeat... Ashara's Eternal Palace, by the way, guys. Correct. At the end of the Eternal Palace, you, you discover that the final encounter is taking place in the room that is essentially the giant lock that actually holds Nazoth in place. It's got Titan technology, a Titan terminal... Titan pillars all over the place and giant runes that if essentially. I just want to jump in really fast. If you've been to Alduar, it will look familiar. Yes, it it's looks very much like Alduar. in many ways. And then, except it doesn't have a uh, clear floor. Um, but you've also seen these Titan runes in other places. I believe there was one that was actually in uh, Sholazar Basin and one of the Titan Maker, the Terrace of the Makers. Uh, there was like a similar rune that was actually there. We've seen this stuff before. It's very clearly they've been all over back. the world. Yeah. So I mean, the... just this expansion, there's been one in uh, I, I can't remember Zuldazar. I want to say yes. The 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 big city. The, in fact, you see that get blown open by Zul. And so one in Underrod as well. Right yeah. Yeah. So uh, now the goal of this is obviously Ajara is trying to, at least in our minds, free her master. Uh, and so what winds up happening is she weakens these runes throughout the entirety of the fight, uh, while draining the power from your heart of Azeroth to do so. Um, basically we brought, brought the means to, to unlock with us, the power of a Titan to unlock Titan locks. Yeah. And at the end of the fight, we, we win quote unquote, because we beat her down, but the locks break, the chains shatter and Nazoth is free. And she basically looks at us saying, you don't know what you did. And then she gets pulled away uh, very much like Gul'dan uh, being pulled away by Sargeras or Kill Jaden or whoever it was that yanked him. I can't remember. I think it was Kill Jaden. I don't um, think, I don't think Archimond. Yeah. Archimond. I don't think Archimond yeah, grabbed him. I think Archimond just straight up went yeet and threw him through a portal, but yeah, same thing. Same, same essential thing where she gets pulled I out. I apologize for my use of the word yeet. I hope it was correct. I don't. Anyway. I love yeet. Uh, <laughs> And then you're left there with essentially nothing. You've defeated her, but there's no closure because you have no clue what just happened aside from we just helped unleash an old god, fully unleashed an old god for the first time uh, ever. Like, if you think about it, C'Thun, 
uh, Yogg-Saron, they weren't fully released. They were somewhat free, but not not completely free. They were still keep in mind. Keep in mind with these old gods when we have quote unquote I'm air quoting here defeated the old gods we didn't kill them we defeated them and when we defeated them that piece that we were fighting like that giant eyeball basically that giant eyeball or the big you know giant ravenous maw that was that was the tiniest portion of the actual old god it it was not that that's not the whole old god Yogg-Saron in particular, we have evidence of Yogg-Saron and his tendrils reaching all the way down to um, uh, Horde side, starting place. No, not they Horde side, Alliance to, side. They go, they go all the way to, to you know, the Fjord. Yep. There's Howling Fjord, thank you. Fjord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they Howling actually Fjord. go all the way across to, there's, there's evidence of them going all the way across to Sholazar Basin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go uh, all the way across. is really big. Cthune, just as big, if not bigger. Um, keep in mind that both of these guys, they were described as the stronger ones by Zalatath, and, you know, Zalatath could be the giving best. us a load of hooey, but at the same time, they said that it, the, the tales in Chronicle say that Yasharaj was the largest, and then we hear that Nazoth is the weakest of the bunch, and he's gigantic. Um, anyway, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, like, the size of them, if you look in the Chronicle... Uh, it was often believed that the extent of their empires was to be where their bodies fully reached uh, until it butted up against one of the other bodies of one of the old gods, essentially, because that's where their influence came from and how they were able to bore all these, you know, wonderful, wonderful, fleshy, squelchy creatures. Basically, if you took the top layer of crust off of the planet, you'd find a squiggling horrific mass of tentacles and other assorted body parts and gross things. Mm-hmm. So that's up. Azeroth. <laughs> Welcome but to the that's planet. Where we, but that's where we are. We we in our our short sightedness yet again, as we do all the time, have unleashed an old god fully onto the world. Okay, and so that's where we start here's three. the thing: is um, well, okay. First off, let's let's go ahead and I have so many things I want to talk about here. But first up, let's let's talk about the fact that what happened in eight point two point five, the whole resolution of the Horde and Alliance War. The reason Anduin was so gung ho about making that final stand and making it stick was because he knew what was coming. We all knew mm-hmm. what was coming, and we also knew that with this whole Alliance and Horde War going on, there was no way we would be able to even consider handling what is coming. We fought old gods before. We fought Yogg-Saron. We fought Cthulhu, but they were never unleashed. They were never fully unleashed in the way that we just did with Nizoth. So it's going to take some concerted effort to try and resolve this um oh can i there's actually something unrelated to that but that i do want to talk to to people about when i'm talk about so let me sure um well the other thing i wanted to note is that i i don't think that this i think this was the final lock i think we've been quietly releasing these not locks without realizing it um for a very very long time a very very long time the, the the lock that we unlock in um in Zoldazar, in Dazarlor, that lock is one of the ones that was keeping him down. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why that whole thing with Zul was to get that lock out. Um, um well, I thought when, those were Gahun. No, it was for Gahun, but Gahun himself was part. Like the system is all based around each other. 
Yeah. Like every time we've been doing like something along these, this is a, a continuous interlocking system. It's a circle. But it's I, a circle. It's a circle of stars. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a, each, each of these installations we've been to has been part of the whole process of holding each of them. They weren't supposed to be held by just the one place they're in. Each place is supposed to be redundant and holding them all together. That's why it was set up with all these roads between them back before the, the cataclysm. But not if that's the, the case, the then did we not? If that's the case, then since we released Nazoth, wouldn't the other two be released at this point too? No, because we stopped those ones from being unlocked. But then but they're, they're interlocking, but they're not all interlocking at once. So basically, Nazoth managed to get us to let him out, but not to let them all out. Because again, think of, look at where we are, and look at where if you look at the places we've been, we've been to. Kultiris and Zandalar this time, and the system in Zandalar. Gahun was never meant to be an old god in the first place. Gahun, that installation, Oldier, wasn't built for Gahun. No, it was built for research. It was built for research into the old gods. What old god were they studying? That's the question you need to ask. Why was Oldier so close to Zoldazar, to to, to Zaralor? Why was it so close that when the, the Zandalar left Nazmir, because they were retreating. Remember, they were retreating from the corruption in Oldir. They went to Dizaralor, which was right there, right next to it. Just like Ankaraj is right next to Aldum. Now think about that. Think about what that means. And now think about the fact that when you go up to, to uh, Northrend, Aldum is right next to where Ankatet would end up. And Ankatet is full of, you know, it's, it's got all this Nerubian stuff, but it was also full of Obsidian destroyers. Yep. So it was also a Titan facility. They built multiple facilities in each place. Sholazar, Titan facility. All these facilities are always bound close together. And each is supposed to be overly overly interlocking, but also each has interlocking in the, in the area that they're in. So whatever they were doing, Ashara's Eternal Palace, the place where we go, the, the final chamber to hold Cthun, to hold Cthun, to hold uh, Nizoth, is a third part, just like what we see in Oldham, just like what we see in in uh, Northrend. I would like and to so, interject here that, you know, maybe all of this could have been solved had the Titans actually used two-factor authentication. But this kind of does feed into the next thing I wanted to point out, which was Ashara's actual plan. My joke really because, just fell flat there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but but Ashara's actual plan involved that Zalatath. And it wasn't, yeah. it was fascinating that, you know, Nazoth let Zalatath's spirit out of it as part of his plan, but Ashara was the one trying to get the knife back. And she wanted the knife to have the spirit in it, but even when it didn't, it's Ashara who who arranged for Sylvanas to give her the knife. That this was the deal that they made. Yeah, this is all revealed in 8.3. Um, and one of the things we find out is is that what was going to happen if we hadn't shown up and attacked her, um, if we'd managed, like if she'd done better in the fight, basically, was that she was going to let him out using the power of the of the heart of Azeroth, and then she was going to kill him with the knife. Mm-hmm. Because the knife has the, is basically the only thing that can kill an old <laughs> god because it is an old god. She wanted free from her contract that she had entered, oh, oh, so long ago. 
and that comes keep out. Keep in mind that this wasn't like out of any altruistic reasons. This no, wasn't no. this wasn't because she wanted to save Azeroth or anything like it was specifically because she's been stuck in that contract with an old god for how long now and she wants out. She wants to do her own agenda. She doesn't want to feel like she's at all obligated to this old god creature thing. She would rather just shank him and then move on with her own plans, whatever those happen to yeah. be. And that's the thing. Ashara is the perfect example of what we call enlightened self-interest in that she wants to save Azeroth because she lives on Azeroth, not because she likes us, but because she can't rule the world if a giant squid monster is doing it. Mm -hmm. She can't remake the world in her own glorious visage if there's a bunch of unsightly tentacle beasts living just below the crust. If we, but if we look at what's been going on in both um, Kul Tiras and Zandalar, that's, a lot of it's been Ashara the whole time. And it was Ashara who was attacking um, Stormsong Valley. And that's where, you know, the, the whole thing with like the, the, I forget their names, but the, the whole deal with the dagger and, and that cabal of, of tide priests was up there in Stormsong Valley. And that was all Ashara's doing. And that the knife, you know, the whole thing about getting Zalatath plays heavily into that area. It was always Ashara behind Zul. And Zul is the one that blew open the lock and invaded Aldir. And he was trying to get Gahoon because he thought Gahoon is a new god for his people. But Gahoon wasn't even an afterthought to Ishar. She didn't care about Gahoon. Gahoon, they call, Gahoon calls itself an old god, but the old gods don't consider it one of them. It's a disease. It's a genetically engineered old godish kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the thing that the Titans were studying, and that's really important. But the old gods had a hierarchy here, and he, Gahoon wasn't in it because Gahoon didn't exist. Now, if it get loose, that certainly would have been very bad. We've seen what the what the uh, blood trolls are like. Cahoon getting out would have been a nightmare. But in a way, by stopping Cahoon, we made things worse. Because every step along the way, this entire expansion has been one gigantic Xanatos gambit. Where every time we've done something, we've unleashed something else that's worse. I would like to... Um take a step backwards because we're talking about the Xanatos Gambit and I would like to point out that we can go all the way back to Legion. We could go back further than Legion but definitely with Legion. If we look at Legion and we look at Ashara's involvement in Legion, there was a reason why she wasn't involved with like fighting the Burning Legion directly. There was a reason why she was looking for the Tidestone but she wasn't really doing anything else. Um, and she wasn't interfering with what we were doing. Like she didn't really care about what we were doing. Um, she was quietly working on this and she's been quietly working on this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And I feel like every attack we've done, everything that we fought to date, all of the um, encounters with the old gods that we foiled or we thought we foiled, that kind of thing, um, it all leads back to breaking those chains one by one by one. And I want to go back to one of the Man, what was it? It was like one of the first tinfoil hat articles. The first tinfoil hat article that I did was Aluna Zanaru. And then one of the later ones that I did, I talked about that interesting... This was prior, actually prior to my working to WoW Insider. I had an article where I was talking about the correlations between the old gods and the dragon flights. And I had this really neat map that was like, it was a star and I thought it was really cool. And a lot of things kind of made sense. And then over, over time, you know, as we got more continents released and as we got more information on various Titan facilities that that map changed, shifted and altered that kind of thing. And the very last article that I did for, um, 
WoW Insider before we switched to Blizzard Watch was a big long tinfoil hat about unraveling Azeroth and I was looking at that map and I had changed the map from having five points like a five point star to having six points like a six point star. So all of this stuff is coming out about 8.3 and I'm looking at all of this stuff about 8.3 and, and how we've like unleashed Nazoth, all this other stuff and um, I was walking down the hall you guys would laugh at this, right? You would laugh at this if you had witnessed it in person. I was walking down the hall from my office to the kitchen and I stopped halfway down, like full stop. And I went, it's not a map of stars. It's a circle of stars. And then I turned around and I walked back to my office because I had to alter my map. Because it's not, it's not about the individual star points. It's about the circle. We've been fighting different points on that circle since Cthune. The the weird thing to me is also with regarding that, and I, and I think I said this a while ago, whenever they said Circle of Stars, it always struck me that that happened to be how world souls were presented in the game too. Yeah. Because if you look at when we went through the Maelstrom and cut through essentially into, uh, what is it, Deep Home, you look up, there's a Circle of Stars in the middle, uh, and it just happens to be the same one that looked like Argus's soul, and the same one that looked like the souls of the Titans when they were being tortured in Argus as well. So I always I always thought that drowning in a, a Circle of Stars meant trying to complete the infestation of Azeroth or complete the infestation of a Titan soul. I feel like every time anybody said the Circle is nearly complete, that that's the Circle that they've been talking about. That's that's the circle it's that circle that we've been inadvertently unlocking bit by bit over time with every titan facility we've meddled with with every old god we've air quote defeated with everything that we've done it's all contributed towards this moment we just didn't know it so it's not just a xanatos gambit in terms of battle for azeroth i feel like it's a xanatos gambit that's been going on the entire time we've been playing world of warcraft going all the way back to vanilla anyway rossi i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you so you keep going i'm so unfortunately for you i can't keep going because you just made me think of something else uh that's okay please swirl for us (laughs) i was just thinking about the fact that the entire thing with the old gods started um according to chronicle when uh chogal came to our world and immediately got hit by just how much more like the, the old God presence was so strong that it wasn't like when he was, when he was in, um, when he was on Draenor before it exploded, he could hear the void through the various Naru and stuff that were like in, in the, in the presence of going to, to void, but he, it wasn't anything like on Azeroth. The, the void force was so much stronger uh, that he went mad. Like he went, he went from being a calculating somewhat you know a little nuts but mostly a calculating evil force to a lunatic and started roaming around the world and that's when the second head started babbling words 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 and all that other stuff the master wants murder that's when he started going from place to place tampering with the bindings on the old gods but you'll notice he doesn't he tampered with the bindings on Cthune, but he didn't release Cthune. he just tampered with them then he went up to Northrend and he did the same thing with Yogg Saron. He tampered with the bindings, but he didn't release them. We've always assumed, because based on the comic book and based on his connection to the area, that Chogal's master was Cthune. Oh no, I I, I think yeah, but, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. What if his master has been Nazoth the whole time? Because Nazoth was the one infesting the Emerald Dream. Nazoth, Nazoth was, was the one, the one that was minds. sleeping. 
Yes. Also, wasn't he? Wasn't Nazoth also listed as the most devious of them? Essentially, yeah. So he has always Small, been smallest, but the most devious. So it makes sense. So if you think back to what he did with the other old gods, he he weakened their bindings so that they could become a threat, so that they could be dealt with. And when this happened, it's even said that Nazoth did not see it as a threat, but as an opportunity, a window of opportunity that was closing. Why was it a window of opportunity that was closing? What was closing it? What was the thing that would prevent him from achieving his goals if he didn't act? Because that's the thing. When you say something's a window of opportunity that's closing, you're saying you have to do something now. The what? hour of twilight. Yeah. We're, we've been talking about this whole thing as an game the whole time. What? Think about the kind of planning it would take to make Deathwing a sacrificable cat's paw. Deathwing. And, he fakes and the about, hour of twilight. He faked it. Or maybe he didn't fake it so much as he used it as a back door. Because yes, I'll lose this servant. But it's a uh, it's it's chess. I'm gonna lose Chogal, and that's terrible because Chogal has been very useful to me. And then I'm gonna lose Deathwing, which is even worse because Deathwing is titanically powerful. The thing is enormous, incredibly powerful. It's a it's a great loss. But if I lose both of them in this way, what do my enemies lose? The well, dragon it, flights. They lose all the dragon flights, for lack of a better word. They lose the power of the dragon flights to oppose him. And uh, in the meantime, mm-hmm. in the meantime, both both Yog Saron and 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 Cthun, who are more powerful than him, are locked back down. Not just locked back down, but have expended power, expended influence. Expended armies. Their servants have been beaten down and removed. Like they're removing their base, and like you were just pointed out, it's it's a game of chess. It's these valuable pieces. What do I trade? What do I get for them? And what does he keep? Nazoth isn't just trying to do the whole old god thing about corrupt the planet and whatnot. Nazoth is trying to move up the promotional ladder and come out top dog. And mm-hmm. and think about this: when he does all that sacrifice, who does he? Who do we see at the very beginning of Cataclysm? Who do we see as a force that then just stops doing anything? during cataclysm during deathwing's rampage who is up front makes some moves does some things and then suddenly just stops thrall shara shara is in darkshore she directly challenges malfurion she talks to him she even points him at mount hygel where deathwing is yeah she she flat out basically what she says he shows up to confront her and she says oh good I'm so glad you showed up here because you've been distracted this whole time while everybody's been doing everything up in Hyjal. I did a very good job. Bye bye. Yes and so she points him in the direction she wants him to go she accomplishes Nazoth's aims. She then goes and sends her minions into um, oh bloody heck Vashir where they you know unleash all sorts of havoc and they mess with Neptalon and keep things all nice and chaotic but she doesn't really care about Neptalon. Neptalon's not really that important. The important thing is to keep everything in a froth. And then she pulls the heck out. She doesn't get involved in any of this. No, because she can't have a target on her back. She's not, not there yet. for that final confrontation. She's just no, gone. Because she doesn't care about any of it. Mm-hmm. But it keeps us focused on the pieces that we do take out. Alakir, Ragnaros, Deathwing, Chogal. They're all sacrificed, but... None of them are the ones that Nazoth made a bargain with. That one he keeps out. And she's free to keep doing things the whole 
time, right up to Legion, where she's multiple, she's attacking Azuna at the same time that, you know, the demons are. She goes in and gets the Tidestone eventually, well, because we're just not focused on it. We see the Tidestone as a means to stop the Legion, never thinking, well, a Tidestone would be awfully useful if you need Titan power to, like, help trigger a series of locks, wouldn't it? And she goes and gets it while we're busy because we, we've now moved past it. We now have the portal in the sky. We've got Argus to deal with. And she's like, yeah, yeah, they'll deal with Argus. And I think there's even a thing Rathion says, which we're probably going to have to move into soon. The thing where Rathion says, once I, once the Alliance and Horde were, were fighting the Legion, I didn't worry about it anymore. Because the Legion is an army. And they can deal with armies. They've They've been able to fight armies this whole time. But the old they gods, fought each other, you know. Yeah, the old gods are not an army. The old gods are a disease, and I think that's why Gahun is going to be so important. Not because he was an old god that you know was going to rise and be just dis- because Gahun is the study vector. Well, and then do you, you think that they the were? Titan. Do you think that they were mucking around with Gahun because they were trying to create an antibody? Quote unquote. Yes, I think they were because mother mother basically says as much. Like when you're going through Aldir and even afterwards, when you talk to her in the heart, the heart of Azeroth, the heart chamber, I mean, she basically flat out tells you that's what they were trying to do. And then things went sideways. Mm. They weren't they weren't trying to create an, an old god. They were trying to understand how to cure the disease. And it's and similar and it's similar to what uh, what's his name in uh, Mogushan Vault says as well. Uh, god, Titan Watcher. What, what was his name? The Mogu. Rodin. Oh, I know. No, he means the other oh, one, but Rod. Uh, the Thundercake? Noroshen. 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 Yes. Noroshen. Noroshen. Noroshen says basically the same thing. When he's purging the Shah taint from you, it's as if he's removing a pathogen from you. Yeah. He's, it's a surgical removal. And those two things are ex- exceedingly similar. And there's no way that he would understand what that was if that wasn't what the Titans were essentially trying to do. Because, because... it's all interconnected, the research yes. facilities. They're all they're all just as interconnected as the old gods are. Yep, and it's similar to what was happening in uh, King's Rest. I recently just re- redid this one, this the, the mythic dungeon. Oh, God! Uh, when they wouldn't touch the, yes. the beast and they needed to have mechanicals to do it because the pathogen would transfer. So in order to keep the contagion contained they had essentially what were titan mechanical creations uh at least we know that they were or based on that pattern because during the questing uh on the horde side at least i don't know about the alliance side but you discover that these were essentially titan constructs that the trolls were using uh, or were in service to the trolls that they're using here to inter their dead to clean the dead to embalm the dead by removing the blood from the dead and making sure living creatures creatures that are already succumbed to the curse of flesh that could be corrupted aren't in contact with it anymore and if we go back to the mogu is the reason that the mogu were so obsessed with the idea of flesh shaping and that kind the of anima. thing it, yeah the anima was it because they wanted to make themselves stronger or was it because they were going back to their base programming which was something that had to do with genetic well, manipulation Go back to the the encounter inside of the dungeon, yeah. Inside of inside of the throne of thunder, where you start learning about this, there is literally a titan facility where you fight a blood construct, not the animus. I'm talking about the weird lizard like creature yes. that pops up. Primordius and what is that or, room? Yeah, Primordius. What is that room? It's the one that's right above Raden's chamber, which is filled with what? Blood. And you look at the walls, and what are they filled with? Runes. Titan tech. Titan tech. 
And what would they be doing with that much blood in one area, but learning how to purify and then basically remove the pathogen so that they could use it for <sighs> what they needed to do it for? Okay, the, so and that's why I said story. that's why I said yesterday, Mogu have not nearly been uh, investigated enough in this expansion and what they mean to it. Fun story. Well, for that matter, um, fun story. There's also the fact that the Mogi show up. Yeah, I was Zandalar. gonna. I, I need to. I need to like. I need to interject here because I need to go back to 8.3. Fun story. There are two places that are under attack that are being attacked in um, in 8.3 uh, that Nazoth is kind of breaking through and doing stuff, that kind of thing, and you have to go help. And one of them is Oldham, mm -hmm. which is where the um, reorigination device is actually located. The other one is the Veil of Eternal Blossoms. And the Veil of yep. Eternal Blossoms has been restored. It's fantastic. If you go there on the PTR, and I have um, a lot of the quests that you are doing, you see Mogu. You see Mogu all over the place. Not only do you see Mogu, but you see those blood robot construct things that you saw in the Throne of Thunder. They're messing around with Anima again, directly in the Veil. Which makes sense, because... Yeah. It, all of this ties together. And I, I'll let Rossi go because I think he had something he wanted to say. Yeah, please do, Rossi. When you do Aldum, I mean Aldir, one of the things you do is you meet a series of Titan Keepers. One of them is a Titan Keeper named Hisreel. Hisreel uh, is a Zandalar, but he is a Titan Keeper. He is a Titan Keeper that looks like a Zandalar troll. Mm -hmm. He's upright like a Zandalar troll. Um, he doesn't have tusks, but his body type is pretty, including the fact that his feet are visible. Like they made him out of the troll's image? No. The trolls are titan-forged. Trolls are titan-forged. Which and they means come that from... night elves would be titan. All of the elves would be titan-forged. Yep. And, that and means that why everything they were so is... affected by the well. Okay, the only thing that wouldn't be then at this point, because we always assume that trolls were one of the native races, but if trolls were titan-forged, then that means that Tauren are the only ones that aren't explained well, right now. Right now. But and everybody else, everybody else can be traced back to the Titan Forge. Well, technically, and here's including the, I think, the orcs. I, I think all. I don't know about the orcs, but I no, know the orcs can be you traced can, back to the Titans because you go back to Dranor and you go back to what Agrimar was doing with the planet. They're a direct evolution mm. of what Agrimar was doing. Wrong, but, I was Titan, say, or, but I was going to say all the races that are native to Azeroth, even the ones that quote unquote aren't Titan Forge, and I've been saying this for a while. Even if the Titans didn't create them, if they were born from Azeroth in any capacity, they're still Titan Force. They're still born. Do we by think Titan. here's here's the thing though? When we go back, when we go way, 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 way back with Torin legends and things like that, and they're talking about the eyes of the Earth Mother and the left and the right eye and all of that, are they talking about the Earth Mother, some kind of god, or are they talking about a Titan? Because how big are Titans? How well, big is a Titan? How look, big? Look at... No, no, no! Literally, how big is a titan? Yeah. You look at what Amonthul did. He, ha they couldn't go onto was... the planet because I was actually going to say Amonthul. Yeah. Like, if you so, look at maybe Anar actually is the Earth Mother, and when they describe the left and right eye of the Earth Mother, they're describing ancient, ancient times, long before the world was ordered or anything. When they looked up at the sky and they and saw Anar's the face looking back down at them. Well, which, I don't think just how Anar. weird. How weird would that be? Well, I, I think you're on the right track there, and I think that if you look at, and it's going to sound weird, but look at the artwork 
of all the Titans that we've had over the years. Yeah. What is one of the key features that you see in them? It's bright, burning, glowing eyes in different colors. Uh... And that would be very easy to misinterpret as sun and moon. Okay, that's all great, and I'm glad you guys went on that subject. That wasn't even where I was going. I'm sorry, Rossi. We squirreled. No, no, go, no. go for it. Go for no. it. This is this is going to get you even further. Then think about the fact that we know that the road that leads from the the various Titan facilities in Nazmir would head across the water to Northrend, mm-hmm. and on its way, it would cross the Broken Isles mm-hmm. and Zandalar, which is where the Temple of Elune was. Yep, Temple of Elune which had the four places inside of it for the four pillars of creation. And the artwork in the Temple of Elune is night elves. But mm-hmm. it's, night, it's night elves on all the uh And the artwork, and so forth. the artwork in the base room of Ulduar includes elves. a night elf and yep. a troll. There's night elves and there's trolls in there. And there's a tauren in there too, by the way. Yes, there oh, is. God. Not a young elf, but no. Let me think. Let me put this one to you, though. Thinking about this, we know that the night elves became night elves when they were exposed to the waters of the Well of Elune. The we Well of Eternity. Species, yeah, yeah, the Well of Eternity. We we know the other species, like say the uh, the um, oh bloody heck, the ones from from Pandaria, the fish people, the, the Jinyu. Jinyu, Jinyu, the Jinyu, and even the Grummels also. in a way. No, wait, the Grummels yeah. were part of genetic. No, yeah, the, the Mogu no, Grummels, crafted Grummels, Grummels, Grummels were too. The, the Grummels, Mogu, yeah, the Mogu crafted the Grummels, but the Grummels came from trogs who were a devolution exposed of, to the yeah, well Titan of eternity Forge. waters which is basically what's floating around in the veil of eternal blossoms but to get back to what I'm, where I'm going with this we, we we always think of night elves the night elves have always said that they were made in the image of a loon mm-hmm. and what if they are literally right well and, look at look at the planet anars on right yeah elunias yeah I, I i'm i'm thinking though about maybe a loon is a titan maybe Elune that we don't know titan. about? No, maybe Elune is the titan that we're standing on. <laughs> yep. Because that's the thing. We don't know much about Elune, but we, we've often been said that the sun and the moon are her eyes. Well, also look at, well, going that step further, with the, the old the old tales that we talked about way, way long ago, when they used to say that Elune would arise from the Well of Eternity and then also go back into it. That if Azeroth is Elune, no wonder she granted... Oh God! No wonder she stopped talking to the night owls because she wasn't. And she wasn't because, capable of doing. No, so. and no wonder she granted Taronda this power. Of course she would do that. Of course she would do that. Now she's heart. She needs her defenders. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, when they blew up Kalimdor off of the surface of her, they possibly knocked her into an instant state state. If Elune is Azeroth, if the planet, because here's the thing, we know that the the uh, the. Emerald Dream is extremely important in all this. The Emerald Dream is often said to be essentially the unconsciousness of the world. And it's extremely important to the Night Elves. And it's extremely important to Ysera. And it was extremely important to Nazoth. Yeah, and Ysera had a deep connection with the Night Elves and their spirituality. Yet it was Ysera who smote a blood god Yeah, in a temple full mm-hmm. of trolls. Mm-hmm. Why did Ysera do that? Why did the emerald? Why were the emerald dragonflight the ones that attacked to keep to keep a car out? What's Hakar's relationship to Gahun? Why are they both blood gods? And it was Hakar that the the blood trolls were following when they first the first you know if you go back and do the archaeology stuff the first time that you know the blood trolls were, were heard of it was Hakar, not mm-hmm. Gahun. Mm-hmm. When you go back, when you go way 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 back, and you look at 
obviously when when oh god okay trolls when trolls became druids they referred to the loa they referred to the ancient celeste like the ancients like the ancient the wild gods as loa like mm-hmm. all of the wild gods are loa the Anything way that loa and wild the way that the wild gods have been they they are under that umbrella and the way that the wild gods have been defined is that they were born of the planet they weren't created by the titans they were born of the planet and they were these oh. incredibly powerful beings so what if the blood gods were the result of some kind of infection and Speaking basically of, because the dragon flights were empowered with keeping all of that on on the up and up the green dragon flight was trying to purge that well, infection before anything happened I think it's even a step beyond that, too, because if you remember way back when, before... I've got more uh, to drop on you two when you're done. So I was going to say, ahead. I was going to say, uh, when Hakkar, uh, what was it, Jamalan the Prophet, was injecting Jamalan, the blood of... yeah. Hakkar, yeah, uh, injecting the blood of Hakkar into green dragons in order to produce more blood. And it created to... old god corruption. It did. I was just going to say that. Yep. That's yeah. You and I are going in the same direction. Yeah. I think. So Keep going, Rusty. The piece, then. <laughs> there are at least two sacred mountains that we know of for the Hi-Jol. ancient trolls. Hyjal, where the dark trolls live, and the Zandalar Mountain, right? Spent, and Zandalar Mountain itself. Both Zandalar Mountain we now know is absolutely infested with Titan laces. Oh yeah. Was there a third up in Northern though? That's that's one possibility, but think about this one just for now. Keep keep this one going. Is there any? Do you do you know of any Titan bases on Hyjal or around it? Not yet. But when you do go to Hyjal, what happens in the middle of the place? What 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 does the uh, Fire Lord immediately erect? A huge uh, base. Well, here's the funny part, though, Rossi. Here's the super funny part. When we go back to that whole map of stars thing, one of the mm-hmm. stars I put on Hyjal. And the reason that I put it on Hyjal was because if you go into Ashenvale, there's old god tentacles all over the place. The the, yeah. the corruption is evident there, but it's not mm-hmm. Cthune. It could be something else. And when we were talking about, oh my god, okay, so you go back to Mother, right? And Mother says that there's an undiscovered Titan facility and we shouldn't go to it. I posted on twitter like about a week ago i said I'm putting my money down now it's under high jaw and that would mean what though what does that mean exactly now think about what you guys were just talking about with blood and and where the blood infection comes from and what it is we know that the uh old gods are considered necrophagic symbiotic parasites mm-hmm. they they eat life and light and they transform it into the into decay which they means that nordrasil is in trouble Oh, yeah, we know that. But more than that, even, we have the trolls and the the night elves now come into the family of Titan Forge races created for a purpose. The night elves were obviously working. Their purpose seemed to have been to keep the Emerald Dream. Hence the the whole thing with the dragon flights. They were keeping the tree safe because the tree was a filtration device. But this ties in directly with an 8.3 thing as well. Uh, Just just taking it back a couple seconds, because where is Tyrande heading? Mm Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. heading yeah. to Nordrasil. Why would she be heading to Nordrasil? Because it is the last place for her people to go. Yeah. But but also she's currently operating on a slightly different frequency than she used to. She's plugged uh-huh. into a different part of, of the, the world. Because you would because you would think that if you if she's this agent of pure and unadulterated vengeance, she'd be heading 
for wherever the Banshee Queen is. She wouldn't be heading to a specific location just for her people. That's there. There's got to be something else. And like you said, she's on a different wavelength. Different things are getting downloaded into her brain. But now think about this much, since we've been talking about the blood and the Mogu and other Titan forged and all that stuff. And we've been talking about how does this relate to what's going on in 8.3? Well, we know that the uh, old God attacks two places. One of them you already pointed out the, the, the shrine of eternal blossoms. Other is Aldum. Mm -hmm. And what's in Aldum? The reset switch. Yes. Aldum is where we remember there were two places on, on Azeroth. There was one place up North in Northrend where that's the, where the, the signal observer, is sent. The observer would come down. He would run his tests and he would diagnose the world. And the second part was down in Aldum. And during the cataclysm, what is the first thing Deathwing tried to do? He tried to get to the hall. He tried to put, possess yeah. that, that he and wanted that circuit. Nizoth wanted that circuit. As, well, a he result, made... as a result of him, he, he was even turning off the curse of flesh. He was turning mm -hmm. things back to Titan so that they would serve him and be immune to the stuff going on, which you, you only get that from an old god. So he was getting that directly from the Zoth. And Zoth was showing so him how to turn it were off. we in the right or in the wrong when we turned off that switch in the Halls we of were, Origination? We were, we were temporarily in the right because had they gotten it, it would have been game over. I also still maintain, and we said this a long, long, long time ago, and, and Rossi and I, I've, this is one of the first things we ever agreed on. Uh, I, I think if you start thinking of the old gods as that infection, reorigination at any capacity is dangerous. Because if it doesn't scour that infection, if it doesn't have the ability to scour that infection, or becomes corrupted in a way that the infection just gets laced into the genetic like core of the planet at that point would it even work right now because the thing is is that re would. that reorigination device was implemented how many thousands and thousands and thousands well, of years ago and what's the well, thing about you, viruses and things like that they adapt they learn how to adapt but even what beyond the old that gods what's been doing point? all this time but what, what's okay wait say, let let rossi let rossi finish here's the thing you're, you're both on a good track here because here's the thing we know what the reorigination device does mm-hmm because all we have to do is look at Aldum and Silithus and Teneris, and we see what the reorigination device does. Because it the whole reason it. those are deserts is because the reorigination device made them deserts. It, it stripped all the life force out. And who survived that just fine? The Tolvir. Yo, gods. Cthun. Yep. Cthun. Who was oh, literally no. right there. They oh, are securely God. locked. They are securely locked in Titan bases with Titan prisons. And currently both Cthune and Yog saran are still in those things. They're and even, snugly safe. And even, and I was going to say, and even if you talk about like the other, the, the other aspects of it, I still have in my bags, the remnant of the void, which is picked up from where the Emerald dream, which was, jacked how long ago and messed up and messed with and still has remnants Thanks, of Void Thanks, Staghelm. For how long? Now, if you talk about a planet-wide reorigination, where is even the reset point? If the reset point's supposed to be the Emerald Dream, like we've been told it was, it's they can't late. even go back to that. It's too late. You, you can't you, even go... You even as a druid, there's still corruption there. If you reoriginated the world right now using the, the Hall's origination, 
you would basically be rewriting the world back to its backup copy. Its backup copy has an old god squatting in the middle of it. Yeah, it's like, corrupt. It's been corrupted. Yeah. I talked about this years and years and years and yes, years ago when I was talking yep. about the Emerald Dream. I'm like, the Emerald Dream is a backup copy, but that backup copy has been corrupted. And it, all of this ties into what Nazoth is doing right now. It's been so corrupted now, by Nazoth. Now, hold on. Now, here's another question. This one, I think, would be for Rossi more than, than anybody, because I think out of all of us, you have the most love for these items. Do you think that maybe there is even a further backup copy and that it happens to be one of those discs that are disappeared? Oh, the Dissident Organon type stuff, you mean? Yeah, because we've over the years, we've we've known that we don't have a complete collection of them. We don't know where all of them are. Well, no, the ones that we have, the, the disc of Norganon that we have in Oldemon were originally from Northrend. Sure. And they're the ones that Loken had. So we, we absolutely can't trust those. But we all, and we also know that several of them were in the Legion's hands for a long time because of the, um, the Nathrazine. The Nathrazine had a set of discs as well. We don't know where they got yeah. them from. But they got those And there's that big honking disc in Zoldazar in Dazar Lore. Yeah, that disc actually we see get wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's actually an interesting question here about all of that stuff. Um, do any of the discs contain uh, Titan knowledge? Can, can we have a, do we have a backup of Azeroth from any of them? But more to that, even think about the fact that every time we've seen a, a, a Titan storage thing, like the one we see in the Halls of Lightning and Halls of Stone, it's been edited at yep. this point. Every single one of them. Um, the one that was up there, Loken edited it. And we know that Loken was being affected by Yogg-Saron. Oh, and the, and the, the one person, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, and the one person I think we could probably even tapped for any sort of like intimate knowledge of it is now in a Titan prison as a jailer. Yep, um, Illidan for all of his faults knew about this stuff. But but also think about this: uh, the one that got taken down to Aldemon is the reason we knew where Aldem was. Yep. I have a question: What exactly do you think Rathion saw when he ate the heart of Leishen? He would have seen what was imparted to Raden by Amanthul. Do you think Rathion has somewhere in his little dragon noggin that's not quite developed yet, maybe, but getting closer due to his model change, which, by the way, I approve. Do you think he has a backup somewhere so, kicking around in there? I have Nizoth, a theory about Nizoth is hunting him down. That's, I have a theory about that, about what you're you're going with, and that's why I think eight point three with what happens with Rathian is so important. Okay. Um. I... So do we? Do we? Okay. This is. Well, I mean, we gave the spoiler warning anyway, so let's go ahead and go on with the spoiler. Talk about it, Joe. I think of all of the options or all of the choices for uncorruptible data regarding the Titans. The Heart of Lation has the most likely chance of it simply because what were the Mogu doing? And we talked about this earlier this episode, looking at purging infection and maintaining. And if anybody, any of the races, any of the current players are capable of that right now, I think it was the Mogu, which is also why I think they were present in Zoldazar, not because of any any sort of loyalty to Zol. I don't think they cared about Zol at all. What they wanted was more data. They wanted to they verify going, their processes. They they had some base base programming yes. deeply ingrained in there that they are still working with. Yes. Rossi and I, when we when Missa Pandaria first came out, and Rossi and I, Rossi, you remember that conversation? It was probably like one mm-hmm. of the first late night conversations that we had when we were talking about the Mogu and we were talking about the Veil of Eternal Blossoms, and we came to the conclusion that the Mogu had to be 
titan creations like they had to be yeah before we even but, before it even came out we were doing this in the beta yeah when we looked at them and said they were titan creations there's no way they're not and it was it like out they were yeah and it turned out that they were despite anybody saying that they weren't it turned out that they were and both rossi oh, yeah. and i we knew it we knew it like from the onset but at the same time when we were talking about it we were talking about the fact that Maybe it's not that these guys are evil necessarily. Maybe it's just that they are working on base programming that to the outside observer, to somebody who has been affected by the curse of flesh, to somebody that has developed free will the way that we have, the way that Algalon says is so extraordinary and unlike anywhere else, right? Well, and the, the to us. Enough. It looks horrible. It looks horrific. It looks like these guys are monsters. It looks like these guys are um, dictators, that kind of thing. They enslave the Pandaren. But when you go back and you look at it purely from something that's a computer trying to do its programming, it's just forcing the routine to work in the way that it was told it needed to work. Yeah, if a tight if the Titan mechanism is told to use these pieces to do its job, it's going to do these pieces to use its job. There's no morality involved in it. But what I was okay. going to say, uh, there, there's a little One more, thing. but go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'll let you go. I, I, I was going to say, might... but I, I think this is why Rathion's being hunted. But I also think this is why the Ebonhorn stuff happened. Not because Nazoth was looking for Ebonhorn specifically. I don't think that was the vector any longer. I think he was I... trying to get Rathion out of hiding. Exactly. Because if you go through those quests, you do those quests. Rathion says flat out, I can't be seen i have other things that need to be done why but do you think, think because Deathwing, he knew he knew why, that that's what wanted why do you think deathwing arrived personally to destroy rathion's egg because this was going to happen it was nazoth it was nazoth exactly which is why i think in 8.3 it is so earth shattering when you start going into nihilatha and you find out Nazoth got his tentacles inside of Rathi. Okay. Because he accomplished his goal. I was initially. Well, here's the thing. I was initially really upset about this because Rathion is one of those characters that I think has been tremendously underutilized. And along the same lines as, you know, I always go back and I talk about Fandral Staghelm and how he was capable. Like he had so much potential and then they just made him a raid boss. And then I saw what happened to Rathion in 8.3 and I was about to just completely lose it but if you go farther into the adventure journal the second to last boss Rathion arrives during that encounter and helps you so it turns out we don't kill him so I'm very happy about this and if anybody was wondering yeah um and again we gave the spoiler warning at the at the at the beginning of the show so like we're gonna do that rossi i don't think we're gonna get to this other thing that you wanted to talk about i think we're gonna have to do it next week but let's okay just keep going let me throw drop this on you yeah let me drop this on you real fast keep going the the of the facilities we don't know where they are one of them is called aldorus and old seems to be the the azeroth prefix for titan facilities um aldorus sounds like antorus only yep And Rossi's brought this up a couple times. Who do the Mogu look a lot like? And who had a ancient crystal that predated their 25,000 year old society, which was that was 25,000 years ago, by the way? That the the Eridar. The Eridar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Eridar are from where? And what world had a Titan, you know, a Titan spirit inside of it, a a world soul that we recently fought? And destroyed 
apparently, and we don't know exactly what happened there, but one drop of its blood was brought back to Azeroth. Mm -hmm. And how does that connect to something called the Argus Wake that we were talking about last Mm -hmm. week? With the bloodstones and the... Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to put that there for you guys and the blood and the bloodstones, the Argus Wake and the blood of Argus and and the Draenei and and the Eridar and all that and the Legion and everything there. Just, just to think about in relation to everything we just talked about before we landed the show. Cause I thought, I think you're going to, you're going to see where I'm going with this. I think you, you guys have, been, have pulled out a lot of it. And I think, yeah, I think this is really going somewhere interesting in the future. And it really, it doesn't, it does involve the fact that there are a lot more Titan forged than we think that the, the I agree. trolls and night elves are, are absolutely Titan forged. Now I also um, think, Oh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, this also makes me start questioning ethereals as well. Oh, yeah. Because I still maintain that I think we're going to wind up on Koresh at some point, And I think it's going to be all this is leading us to that point at some in the near future. Because Koresh is the world that the Void got a hold of. And we've seen it. We saw it last expansion in the Astromancer's room. During mm-hmm. the encounter, you literally see it writhing with Void tentacles. Okay. Was that Koresh or was that a potential future of Azeroth? Uh, that according to the fight, and if you take it at face value, mm-hmm. you're looking at the universe as it is, not okay. as it's going to be. Okay. So All right. I, I, I haven't. We never had confirmation, but I've got a few likes when I when I said from some key people that when I said this has got to be Koresh. Yeah. So it's never been confirmed either way, but it's entirely possible that that was Koresh. Mm-hmm. So, um. We didn't get to my, talk about half of 8.3 no, 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 we, we got didn't. way more to talk about. We, we've got way more to talk about. But um, here's the thing. I kind of want to touch on a little bit of data mind information. And we're not going to go too far into it. We're not going to go too far into it. Because we're going to save that for next week. Because there's some big stuff that was data mind isn't necessarily being talked about as being part of 8.3. But, oh boy, guys, is it ever a doozy of stuff. Um, I'm going to go to this conversation between Antwood and Jaina, and I'm not going to talk about the extent of the conversation. I'm just going to talk about the beginning of the conversation. Jaina starts a conversation by saying, the old god has been vanquished. The Alliance and Horde have ended hostilities. So in theory, in 8.3, we're, we're dealing with Nazoth in a way that's final. But given everything that we've just discussed... Do you think it's going to be final or do you think, I mean, there's a lot here and there's too much here for a single patch. You know what I mean? And if we deal with Nazoth, where does that leave Cthulhu and Yogg-Saron? Because they're still, they're still imprisoned. I'm wondering if the ultimate goal, like just going back from Chronicle and everything else, I'm wondering if the ultimate goal of Nazoth is to consume those two. I don't know. You got any theories on that, Rossi? Oh, yeah, but we don't really have time for the full thing. So, um, Give me the shortened me version because we've got like, eh, we got like another few minutes here. Give me the shortened version. Josh Raj isn't dead because they can't die. I think he just got a piece pulled out of him. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I think his state changed. There's always been a weird thing about the Shadowlands. What are the Shadowlands? Why did we get the Shadowlands? Are they just, were they always there? Are they a reflection of the Emerald Dream? Were they something that the Titans created? Or did they get made at some point? And what did they get made for? And why Maybe are they the there? Titans 
did create them. Maybe Amon Thule created them when he when yoinked. He ripped Yashraj in half, yeah. And the thing about that is we've been dealing all this time with all these death figures and they're all, none of them are responsible for what's going on, but all of them are involved. And there's this, yeah. Um, I think the Drust are going to come back at some point. I think Drustvar and Thros are going to come back. Do you think the Shah were manifestations of our negative energy? Which obviously they were, though. But those manifestations, did they just pop out of nowhere or did they pop out of the Shadowlands? I think that's something that might come up. Especially since where the fact that Nizoth attacks the Veil of Eternal Blossoms. Yeah. Which is where the Shah were kept locked up. Mm-hmm. And the Shah... Pride, the shock corruption hate. was purged. Yeah, this this there's more coming. I don't think Nizoth's plan is to win here. When I, I don't think, I when think I, he's you know he's certainly yeah, willing to get. When off. I when I was looking at the the first thing that I looked at, and I posted this again, I posted this stuff on Twitter just because I was kind of like kicking it around. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but the first thing that I pointed out was when you look at the map of Azeroth um, on the 8.3 PTR, there's little eye markers demarcations for where those attacks are going on and they line up with my star map yep they line up with two points on that star map at which point i was like so we've got two of six unlocked right now two of six and one of them is completely undiscovered because it's under hijal and then later on that's when i went it's a circle it's a circle of stars because it's not about one point or another point on that map it's about the circle as a whole and we've been meddling with pretty much every point on that map since world of warcraft began including hyjal because look at the third war what did the third war do we destroyed nordrasil it's been growing back yes it has been growing back but what did we do in cataclysm we had another giant conflict up on hyjal we're not done with hyjal yet taronda's headed there so yeah i i am very curious what taronda is up to i am very curious how it ties to what mother was talking not mother um the uh yeah mother no mother said it uh the other one was listing off facilities and and like broke in the middle of listing off remember the facilities that we 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 didn't know the names the of, that, yeah you know she was talking about like names of facilities that we didn't know yet and we're like huh and then mother mother makes that comment where she says there is another titan facility out there recommend don't go anywhere near it made the vitality by the way yeah, maiden of vitality. But the mother was the mother was the one that was talking about. It. She was like, "There's another Titan facility. Recommend do not approach. Do not go near it." Is that where Taronda is headed? <sighs> We're not done. We're not going to be done in eight point three. There's no way. Oh no, we got we got so many weeks of this. <laughs> No, I mean, there's no way we're going to be done with all of this. We're not oh, no. done with when 8.3 comes out and we finish 8.3 and everything. We're going to feel very accomplished, but we aren't going to we we're, we're scratching the surface. Well, I think I feel like because ultimately, ultimately, even and if we'll the feel old really good. We'll feel really, really good when we vanquish. Nizot. We'll be like, yeah, we got that guy. But the thing is, is like, that's the smallest part of the problem here. I think, honestly, I, th- I, I think no matter what we do, I think that we'll will defeat quote unquote defeat the all god menace but then there's so much more at play here so much more that we don't understand that we're still going to have to deal with including ultimately who does Silvana serve and we are um about to get a taste of that too at some point here due to data mind information however we're out of time this week 
<laughs> we didn't get anywhere near. You know what, guys, though? I don't care because the, the conversation that we were having. Yeah. No, that was. This is why I love doing this show, you guys. <laughs> I love these conversations where we just squirrel all over each other. And then all of a sudden, wait, wait. Anyway, um, we're out of time this week. So next week, we're going to keep talking about 8.3 stuff, um, including some stuff that was data mined that. Uh, points to maybe an interesting future and maybe we'll see more about that at blizzcon we don't know but um yeah blizzard watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow including you know going from a bi-weekly podcast to a weekly podcast thank you for those of you who helped contribute and make that happen. Blizzard Watch supporters, they also enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Um, and for you guys, the listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, I know we didn't talk about any novels in particular this time around, but I feel like uh, one of the ones that maybe kind of ties into this and would be helpful as far as like beginning to understand what's going on and kind of ties in a little bit with what we were talking about is the novel Storm Rage by Richard Knack. That one covers the Nightmare War. We didn't actually see it happen in game. We just all of a sudden we went from Malfurion being asleep to Malfurion woken up and doing things in Cataclysm. Um, So the book covers that material, but it also covers a little bit of the history behind Teldrassil and what exactly was going on with that tree. And I feel like there are some very telling moments in terms of Nordrassil's creation and how it came to be that kind of reflect on what's going on today. So yeah, if you're interested in checking out that book, you can download that as your free audiobook, or you can download any of Blizzard's other titles that are there, or there are literally thousands of other books to choose from you it doesn't have to be a blizzard title at all but uh you can sign up at blizzardwatch.com slash audible and every sign up helps support the show and everything that we do okay guys final thoughts um i'm gonna shoot you a question and it's a very quick question because we're already over time do you think we're gonna see sylvanas in 8.3 joe no or rossi no i'm just saying no now okay yeah i i I agree i don't think we're i I, we're not going to get sylvanas resolution we're not going to see her. She's off doing whatever she needs to do. And I think it's going to lead into whatever's coming next. Uh, follow up to that. Do you think we're going to see Nathanos in 8.3? Yes, because she gives him a task and we don't know what it is. But that I think we'll get something. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that that particular branch of the story, 8.2.5, kind of put a pin in that. Um, and it actually put a pretty good pin in it because things got resolved to a point where that part that particular aspect that was giving us issues is out of the picture temporarily but it is going to come back and bite us i don't think it's going to bite us in 8.3 though i think sylvanas has her own things going on uh the big thing that i want to know is um sylvanas made a deal with ashara right gave ashara the dagger yes what did sylvanas get out of that and the freedom i think- to I was going to say something freedom to do what she needed to do. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's a bigger question than just, Oh, well, you know, obviously as Shara did her a solid and tried to sink the Alliance fleet. No, I think that there's more to it than that. And I don't think we've scratched the surface of that, but that's another subject for another day. And, um, 
Otherwise, we could be going for like another three hours. And I got things to do today, guys. I'm really sorry. Anyway, thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. And we will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.